There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. An exclusive glimpse into what happened in the celebration room at the in-season tournament in Las Vegas. An unexpected recounting as well of what it's like to shake hands with Pacers coach Rick Carlisle. LeBron, AD, the Lakers winning the IST, the future of the in-season tournament. We get to all of that next here on This League Uncut. Welcome to This League Uncut. In the world of 24-hour NBA news, this news you lose. Chris Haynes, it's go time. Mark Stein, it's showtime. Boom shakalaka. This league uncut is underway and on fire. This should be a good one. Everyone, welcome in to another edition of This League Uncut. Chris Haynes and I recording on a Sunday night, a very quiet Sunday night in the NBA after the in-season tournament championship game in Las Vegas. Of course, Chris was there. We're going to get to all that in a sec. But first things first, I have to, Chris, we have to amend. If you remember, I recently asked you the trivia question. How many days, once the season starts, and this season started on October 24th, how many days during the season are there no games? And you guessed four. And at the time, it was actually five. You were very close. Mm-hmm. It was only five nights during, you know, again, five nights between October 24th and mid-April when the regular season ends. Only five nights where there are no NBA, NBA games. But that number actually has now climbed to seven because this week in the NBA was so funky schedule wise, the way the league set it up Monday, Tuesday, two quarterfinals each in the in-season tournament, no other games Wednesday and Friday, everybody who didn't make it to Vegas or didn't even make the quarterfinals of the IST, all those teams played 
Thursday, again, only the semifinals in the IST. Saturday night, the only game on the calendar was the championship game. But this Sunday and the previous Sunday, there were no games at all. So it took that number to seven. So we have to change and update that answer. But obviously, uh, we'll be back to full speed by the time this podcast drops Monday. All 30 teams will be back to full speed and easing their way back to some semblance of normalcy. But I'm glad we're connecting tonight because my sources say that you were the only reporter initially granted access to the vaunted, did they call it the celebration room in Vegas? Hmm. Is that is that true? Have I been, have I been, have I received accurate information? You got good sources, Stein. You got good sources. You've been working your magic. Yeah, I, that's yeah, that's what they called it. They called it the celebration room. So this it's the room that um you know the NBA designates to have all the champagne, beer, goggles, um, you know, all of that. It's the room that the, the winning team they will go in there first, celebrate, you know, do do what they do. Then they would go to the locker room. And so, um, yeah, no, it was cool. I would, you know, due, due to my my affiliation with Turner, um, they allowed they allowed for me to be in there amongst among the um let me see, the Lakers, you know, the the team, the 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 team's media camera crew, ESPN's camera crew, and then Turner's camera crew, but again, myself, I was the only uh, media member in there so it was cool so i was and, let, and let's actually, be honest i didn't need super i didn't need super top secret sources on that one since you're the only one i saw who tweeted pictures of the champagne pictures of the goggles <laughs> and pictures oh, of the, no, that's your source okay pictures right. of the beer i gave it away okay my bad yeah no i mean but it was cool i was in there so i didn't i was i was in there probably mm, 10 minutes before the Lakers came in there and, you know, I watched them set set up everything, put the champagne out, the beer, the goggles, the new championship T-shirts. Um, what, what One thing that I found curious, Stein, is that, you know, the league was a little bit uh, – they were a little worried. And um, they didn't know how the Lakers were going to celebrate or if they were going to celebrate. Um and I had to think about that. I'm like, well, I guess it would be a bad look if the Lakers came in here. LeBron just saw everything and it was like, oh, nah, we're not doing this. I'm, I'm chasing championships. No, Lakers, we're, we're, we're bigger than this. This is not what it's about. You know, I think, you know, the, the league were a little, they were a little bit concerned and worried that they wouldn't go all out and, and celebrate. And so I was like kind of looking and trying to, you know, see for myself. And so the first person to come in, they, they they gave us word that here come the Lakers. The Lakers are coming. And so the door opens. LeBron James, the first one to come in. So he comes in and then he looks at all the champagne and everything. And he was like, oh, shit, they got it all out here. And so once he said that, he went straight for the champagne. You knew it was on and popping from there. So he he kind of greeted everybody with like dousing them with dousing them with champagnes and uh so it you know they 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 i think you know the videos and clips are out right now and um you know they really you know this was something that they 
really took to heart. This is something that they understood was a, a huge accomplishment. And, and it's, it's, you know, noted that they're the inaugural champions, which is a big honor. But, yeah, they, they took it seriously. And so I, I think it was, uh, you know, one thing, Stein, you, you have to think about this. Like, to have LeBron James embrace that, you know, to brace this in-season tournament championship, that's exactly what the league needed. You know, just that image, you know, those those video clips of seeing them um, celebrate such a, such an honor that I think that they needed that to move forward. I, I think the league didn't know what they were going to get you know, if the Lakers won. Now, the Pacers, for sure, the Pacers were going to go all out for sure. Uh, but, you know, they didn't know what to expect with uh, LeBron and the Lakers. Yeah, to be honest, that was one of my personal biggest sources of curiosity how the teams would react in the moment. And I totally agree with you. I think with the Pacers, there would have been no hesitation for the Pacers to to win that thing and beat the Lakers in the finals. Uh, you know, that would have been a huge deal. But yeah, the Lakers, you know, look, we still don't have official word. Will the Lakers hoist a banner? Adam Silver had a press conference Saturday evening before the game. I was really hoping at that press conference that Adam was going to be asked what he's expecting and would he be disappointed if the Lakers didn't hoist a banner because, as we've already been talking about on this podcast, the Lakers have 17 NBA championship banners. They've won more than 30 Pacific Division titles. They've won, I think, 18, 19, 20 conference championships total, but they don't hang banners when they win the West. They don't hang banners when they win the Pacific Division, and we're going to have to wait to see if they hang a banner for winning the first in-season tournament. But yeah, I think the fact that the Lakers did celebrate this and did really show a pretty high care factor to try to win this thing, that's one of the huge year one successes. We don't know the ratings yet, for Saturday's championship game, I assume we will get those on Monday. They'll circulate after this podcast drops. Monday night and Thursday night, the TV ratings, not surprisingly, paled in comparison to what Monday night football did. And obviously there's Thursday football to contend with as well on Amazon. So, you know, this wasn't a, the, the quarterfinals and semifinals were not a, you know, by no means a ratings bonanza for the NBA. But I I really do think, and as someone who has been quite critical about various aspects of the year one format that the NBA adopted here, I do think a big measure of whether this succeeded or not in year one was how people within the league treated it. Did the players accept it? Did the teams embrace it? Do they want to keep this thing going forward? Did they take it seriously? And I think throughout the league, we saw that teams did care about this and you'd have to put the Lakers and the Pacers, frankly, right at the top of the list. Those those two teams, they both went after it hard and deservedly earned their spots in the title game. And it's good to hear that after the game, the Lakers were whooping it up and celebrating because you know on the court we saw LeBron he got the championship hat but he 
tossed it actually a quite an impressive toss to ad right on the num <laughs> right on the numbers but yeah like i i'm i'm the lakers will be in dallas tuesday chris haynes will be in dallas tuesday big week for yours truly i get to see the lakers i get to see the 17 and 4 timberwolves and i get to see chris haynes all between tuesday and thursday so it's a big week for yours truly but i i'm really eager to just spend some time around the lakers because now my curiosity is are we going to talk about this at all between now and the playoffs? Like how much will it come up going forward that the Lakers won this thing? Because, you know, as we mentioned the last time you and I got together for one of these pods, you know, LeBron played fantastic throughout the seven games. I mean, his numbers in this tournament were ridiculous. He basically averaged, I think, 28, nine and eight shot better than 50% from the field shot better than 60% on threes in the seven tournament games. He was super dialed in. But I also remember him telling Ali LaForce it's December and we're not going to make too big a deal about it. So I really I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing seeing a bunch of Laker people here on Tuesday night and kind of like start to get a picture of like does this, you know, do we just put this thing away now? Do we, you know, how much how much in-season tournament chatter will there really be between now and the playoffs? Yeah, I don't know how much shadow there will be, but you know, I spoke with D'Angelo Russell about it, and he he called it the NCAA tournament like a cheat code, where guys can get in, a, in an intense, you know, an intense ball game in early December, a type of intense game that you wouldn't see until later on, you know, in the season during playoff time. So he feels like you know being able to go into that mode being able to dig deep um you know and, and one thing about it too like um Stein you you know that coaches don't implement everything like they don't pull out like say like I, I'll give for an example um a couple years when Chris Paul was playing for the Phoenix Suns uh he didn't receive a lot and this happens to him a lot but he he, he don't he doesn't receive a lot of pressure full court you know, teams aren't going to do that in the course of the regular season until the playoffs come. Playoffs come, you throw out everything. And, you know, you, all of a sudden you got multiple guys being thrown at you that's going to pressure you the full 94 feet. And even look at Dame, um, the Milwaukee-Indiana Pacers game. As soon as Giannis went to the bench, because there, there's, a, there's a substitution pattern for Milwaukee when Giannis goes to the bench first, and then Dame leads the rest of the way. And he just usually he goes off because now they're trying to get him settled. And usually it's the horn offense, two guys that come up for the screen, or maybe one guy. But the Pacers trapped him in the first quarter. They came and trapped him, got the ball out of his hands in the first quarter. You don't see that in the regular season. But since this is a high-intense game, this game matters. It's of, it's of severe significance. You're seeing teams throw out everything. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. 
the Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Start another thing I want to say. It's going off of basketball, but it's still basketball, by the way. You had Rick Carlisle on on your radio show um, not too long ago. I believe it was last week. Saturday. Saturday. Okay. Stein, when was the last time you shook real Rick Carlisle's hand? Um, well, it's funny. We ended up on a flight this summer. We both, you know, because because he still spends quite a bit of time in Dallas. We ended up unexpectedly at the airport together in Dallas in August, flying to Vegas. We had we were on the same flight to see the start of Team USA camp because. I couldn't stay away from Team USA camp. And of course, Tyrese Halliburton was there. But I honestly don't remember. I don't remember if we shook hands or just. Uh... Well, you didn't. You would have. You would have. You would have remembered if you did. I'm going to tell you this. I, you know, the bro hug has become common. You know, that's what we're used to. Bro hug. You know, you embrace with the pound type hug. Then and it's the one arm, you know, on, on, on the individual's back. And it's. You know, really not any, um, there's not really any struggle. There's not really any power um, that's summoned in that. It's, it's a really light hug, a light embrace. So, and, but then every now and then there's certain people that you know, hey, you know, you, you extend that hand, it's, you go back to the traditional handshake. I wasn't prepared for a Rick Carlisle handshake. My hand was hurting. It, it was hurting. I had to interview him pregame before the championship game. And he gave me, you know, when you when you give somebody that the regular traditional handshake and you feel the pressure and then you just think, oh, the pressure is about to go away. No, the pressure intensified. He kept going. It got he kept going to a point where I thought it was personal. Like, 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 like he was really trying to. Maybe it is. Maybe <laughs> I, I, I never did that to Rick Carlisle. 
Maybe he thinks you're too close to Tim McMahon and he didn't like it. <laughs> hey, watch, watch it, Tim. Tim has some words for you uh, at, at Vegas, Stein. Watch it. Yeah, I was like, man, yeah, he, the, I, the I'm pressure sure I already, kept going. I, I, I got the same. I'm sure we got the same lecture from Tim McMahon. <laughs> but, I mean, I, now I told I, Tim he'll get, he'll get over it. I don't remember. Like, like I said, I you know. So yeah. I just saw Rick in person in August. He was on my radio show on Saturday, but I I can't say that I remember uh, uncomfortable handshakes. So I, my maybe dad, it, you, my dad used to always talk about how important it is for a man to have a firm handshake. And I used, I remember as a kid, I used to practice my handshakes. Practice like trying to squeeze, uh, you know, just showing me, hey, it's, it's a manly handshake. But the bro hug, you know, the bro hug is pretty common now. It's pretty common now. And it doesn't take much squeezing effort. Matter of fact, it's kind of hard to really put a, a good squeeze on a bro hug. Uh, but Rick Carlisle, he extended his hand, traditional handshake. I extended mine too as, you know, because I had to give him a handshake right before I do the interview. And Stein, that handshake, it was. It, I haven't felt pain like that in a while. In my How was the interview? Oh, the interview was good. He was gold. He was gold. No, no problem there. No problem there. So I don't know, you know, I don't know if that was personal or if that that's just a Rick Carlisle. I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna I'm gonna check with some indie sources and see what I can find check, out. Check on that. Check on that. I, I think I've been good to Carlisle over the years, but no, that, but it, it just it just reminded me that I gotta firm up my handshake. I gotta get that back. Let me ask you this. Did you did it pop into your head at any point Saturday night? We were obviously neighbors and co-residents in the Walt Disney World bubble in 2020. Man, that was more than three years ago now. But I was only there for 50-odd days. If you remember, I was working at the New York Times then. And the New York Times set it up to where I did the first 50 or so days in the bubble. And my former colleague and teammate, Scott Cassiola, took over for the next 30 to 40 days. I don't remember exactly what the breakdown was. But we split it up. We thought that was the best way to tackle it. You, on the other hand were there for like a hundred plus days and Spears was there the whole time. Washburn was there the whole time. You guys were really, I mean, you guys were there almost twice as long as I was. So you really, really, really spent a lot of time there. But you, when you brought up that celebration stuff, it made me think, I remember seeing footage of you in the hallway when the Lakers won their Mm -hmm. bubble championship in 2020. I was not there. You were, and now, three years later, yeah, again, it's a neutral site. PTSD, Stein. PTSD. So you did, you did it yes. did cross your mind. Yes, because so one of the individuals that were that was in that celebration room with me, Jessica Shobar, and you know Jessica, longtime ESPN. What what is the her role exactly? Producer. Called her? She's Sports producer, Center producer. producer. Sports Center producer. She was in a bu- bubble with us, and I'm. In this celebration room waiting, and she's next to me. I said, Jess, I got, I'm feeling something right now. That's like PTSD, man. Don't you feel it? She's like, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling it. Like, yeah, so no, nah, you're right, Stein. Like it, it had the it had similar vibes as the bubble. I was nervous a little bit for a little bit. Um, you know, even though they were fans in the arena this time, it just had that feel because even though, like, even though the, you know, the Lakers, like, people try to take that or try to minimize that championship the Lakers won, which I, I, I think is dumb because everybody was there and trying to, you know, do the same thing, and the Lakers came forth and got it. But 
this the feel was like it was like I, I guess because it was something new. This was different, right? This was different. Um, we're, we're everybody's telling us how important this championship is, but it just felt different. And I think that's probably why I had that feel as well, because it was all new. But yeah, definitely, Stein, man. I found myself like, wow, wondering, like, man, do I have to stand six feet apart? You know, from somebody <laughs> like it, it was really, it well, really felt it that is, way. It is, but it is crazy that. I mean, the Lakers now with these, you know, two neutral site championships. And look, it has made me think because, I'm, you know, you've heard, you know, our poor listeners have heard me whine about this for weeks now. And, you know, my my take on the in-season tournament was that, you know, it needs to all be single elimination. Let's take everybody to Vegas. Let's do this thing in a, a week and a half or two weeks. Let's just play the tournament straight. But one of the things that, I think people are coming away with is maybe the neutral site is not the best idea because the crowd for that quarterfinal game when Indiana beat Boston at home, that crowd was so good. And I think one of the things that the league will be looking at going forward is do we want to play these games at a neutral site? And Vegas is typically a place that everybody gets excited about going. So, I mean, I think for the semis and finals, there definitely is a strong case to be made that this was a good idea and a good experiment to do this way. And that guys would want to earn that, but beyond the carrot of winning 500 K each, if you're on the winning team and 200 K each, if you're on the losing team in the championship championship game, that, that there is some level of appeal to, uh, you know, to, to getting a trip to Vegas, but yeah, I have to, I have to, you know, for my own, I'm starting to again. I'm starting to rethink things that I, you know, I don't know if doing this whole thing at a neutral site. I don't know if it holds the same appeal for me as it once did. Yeah, I mean, and, and again, like the Lakers are just the ideal draw um, for this, you know, for this event being in Vegas. If this is any other two teams, is it a big draw in Las Vegas? I, I all, all I can speak on. Uh, from my experience of watching was that Bucks Pacers game. But you have to keep in mind, it was a Thursday game at two o'clock local time. And so you're really not going to get much fan traction anyways. But the fans that were there, it, it wasn't, you know, the environment was, was bad. You know, it was bad. You know, it wasn't, you know, on May baskets, it wasn't really a lot of loud cheering. I think, you know, obviously you don't have a lot of Bucks fans. You don't have a lot of Pacers fans there. So, you know, is is it good? But does that even matter? Maybe the TV product is the appeal for the league, you know, because the, the players are playing hard. You're getting a good product, right? You're getting a good product because that money is important. But um, yeah, there were three games in Vegas. Obviously, Lakers Pelicans was awful, but the other two games were good competitive games. Yeah, they, they were, and uh, so I don't know. Like, so when you're saying you're kind of rethinking the the neutral, you're you're taking Vegas out of the equation huh, and saying that. Well, it's more like it's more like this. I I remain convinced that the single elimination part is the sexy part of this. That is the knockout. That it it's yeah, and that's what's for this to have any kind of lasting value. It's got to be different than what we already do. The playoffs is four rounds of best of seven. So I just think this tournament 
should be completely different. And to me, more single elimination is better. And if, like, I, I, I'm convinced that the most fun format would be you take the 30 teams. Maybe you maybe you give buys to only two teams. The two teams that made the finals last year. So Denver and Miami, they made the finals last year. They get buys. And the other 28 teams go in a hat. Let's mix up East. I want East and West mixed up. We already keep East and West separate in the playoffs. I don't want, I would like to see in the tournament, I would like to see it mixed up. It would be, it would be crazy if they had a draw show and okay, Denver and Miami get buys. The other 28 teams go into a hat. Oh my God, the Lakers and the Celtics have to play each other early because that's what comes out of a hat. Like the, to me, these are the kinds of things that would make it wild. But, and, but would and, that be at a would that be at a neutral site or no, so that's what, so that's what I'm saying. Initially, I thought this should all be at a neutral site. Like okay. maybe you cut the schedule down from 82 games to 76 games. 76 games is still close enough to 82. Let's carve it out, and then we don't. Have, let's just cut the schedule down to 76 games. Then we don't have to worry because what the league is worried about is. It's making up the game when teams go out of the tournament, how to put games back on their schedule. And that's yes. why they went with this ultra safe thing of the first four games, everybody plays in this tournament are going to be group games, but they're just going to be regular season games that count twice because the league, the and I'm not minimizing it. The schedule doing the schedule for this past week was difficult. It was a challenge for the league. And if there's more single elimination as I'm advocating for, it's going to get even more complicated. So that's why I'm saying maybe we need to to make this tournament truly separate from the regular season because that's I believe it should be separate from the regular season, completely separate. Okay. If we're going to you know, they're trying to make this out to be the NBA's version of soccer's FA Cup in England. The FA Cup is separate from the league. Let's make this thing separate from the league. So the only way to make it separate is to shorten the 82 game season a little bit because you don't want to make this longer. You don't want to have them playing 82 games and adding potentially six or seven tournament games too, because these guys already play too many games. So I know I'm making it sound easier than it is, but that's, I, I, I really believe that those are, that's where this thing eventually needs to get to. And I'm going to add something else too. So that championship game, as you know, that championship game is the only game where the stats do not go into the regular season stats, which I think it should because it's it would be so the Lakers are going to play what one more officially they're going to play one more game they're going to have an A three game season, and I think if you make it to the championship as a reward, you get an extra game to pile up your stats. Now it can go either it can go both ways. You could pop your stats or you could hurt it, you know, depending on what type of game you have. But the game that Anthony Davis just had, you know, I, I saw Lakers and other people tweeting out a season high. Well, it's not really a season high. <laughs> it, it doesn't count. You know, I yeah, I, I, mean, I, it, I, it, I it retweeted count. I retweeted Stat Muse because Anthony Davis, 41 points, 20 rebounds, five assists, and Stat Muse, Stat Muse tweets out. The only 40-25 games in Laker history, it's Wilt Chamberlain, Elgin Baylor, and now Anthony Davis. But no, it's Mm-mm. not because nope. 
the stats from that game last night, they do not get added to either the regular season or playoff resume for Anthony Davis. He That's as dominant a performance as Anthony Davis has probably ever had. And it is now goes, it goes into this nebulous category. And it's the same thing with the play-in games. Those games don't get added to your regular season or your playoff resume. So, you know, I Jason Tatum had that 50-point game against Washington two mm-hmm. years ago, and that's the same thing. It floats in this nebulous zone that we don't know what to do with it, and, and officially we don't know what to do with this game that AD played, this game of his life. Yeah, I just think for this – because players, I was telling you, like like players during the regular season – like that is their time. Like that's their sanctuary in which they can pad their stats and produce. They don't want to play games in November and December and not have those games accounted for. And so, you know, the play in is one thing, but you know, like uh, I just think I think as a as a reward, if you make it to the championship game, that's a reward where you get an extra game to Produce, pad your stats, and help out. And I know fans may say, oh, it's not all about the stats. Please. <laughs> Please. These players care about the stats. It's very important. It's very important to reach certain incentives for um, triggers in their contract where, where they can get a boost. So it, it is that important. I, and I, I don't think that's too much to ask. Like, you, if you make it as a reward, you get an extra game to try to pile up more stats. Did you get a chance last night to chat with AD at all? Not I did, but not about that. Um, we we were asking, you know, he had to grow. The, he suffered that that growing injury again. That was the same injury he had early on in the season. Uh, what else did we talk about? Um, family stuff, just family stuff. But you know, I talked to LeBron. He told me like the in season tournament that was. Um, he felt like this was the perfect platform for somebody like Cam Reddish. And he was, he said he happy that Cam Reddish got this experience and not only got this experience, but how he performed so the league can see what type of dual player he is. He said, because everybody was trying to write him off. He said, now look what he's doing for us. And so, you know, he wanted me to talk to Cam and I went and spoke with Cam about, you know, his resurgence and, you know, finally making his mark in the league. And, you know, he said, LeBron empowers him. He said, if you got somebody like that in your corner, he said, that gives you all the confidence in the world. So, uh, you know, some of the brief conversations I had with um, AD and LeBron after the game. But, yeah, it was a cool experience. Cool experience. Yeah, because I'm actually wondering, you know, it's hard to talk about downsides when a guy just rumbled for 41, 25 assists and four steals, I think it was. But yeah, the problem now is, of course, AD's many critics, a few of whom most notably work at your network, they're going to expect this all the time now. I mean, he's going to be measured against his own success for the rest of the season, for the rest of eternity. Yes. Because been, this, is, been, this, this was the AD that everyone has been clamoring for. Yeah, it's been that way for a while. Everybody was waiting for AD to take over the reins um, of the Lakers from LeBron. Last few years, it, it hasn't quite gotten to that point. Um, he's had spurts all throughout his career, but consistent consistency is um, what everybody is looking for. But, hey, you know what? Even if AD w- were to get a bunch of criticism, 
it it pales in comparison to what Zion is receiving right now. I know we touched on Zion last episode, but people are still going in on him. And, um, you know, he's he's another guy that, you know, is going to – until he's playing at a consistent level, he's going to get that criticism – to the similar to the similar standpoint of AD for different reasons, but very much the same. No, no question. To me, how Zion responds to this level of noise, the harshest criticism he's ever received. To me, that's one of the stories of the season going forward because the Pelicans do have a lot of potential. This is a Western conference that is very deep, very crowded, and the Pelicans have a lot of upward mobility potential. But, I mean, Zion has to lead the way. And, you know, he fell so far short of expectations and acceptable performance in both the IST games this week. I, I'm really curious to see what kind of answer he has for his critics for sure. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. By the way, since I brought up Orlando, the G League Showcase is coming very soon, December 19th through the 22nd. I am booked to be there. It will be my first trip. Back to Orlando since the bubble summer of 2020. I know I'm going to see you this week. I'm excited to host you in my city. I hope post-game 
maybe you'll be, you know, after your sideline interview with the star from the winning team on Tuesday night, I, I hope you'll be cool with being seen in public with me somewhere. <laughs> but my other question is, am I going to see you at the G League showcase? Because if it was in Vegas, I know I would see you. We always meet up there. But yes. are you making a return no. trip to Orlando? No. no not, not ready. I haven't, I haven't returned to Orlando since I exited the bubble. So, no. No, still, no G League showcase. Nah, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm fine. I'm sad. I'm fine. Well, listen. You had your opportunity to see me in Vegas for the in-season tournament. I just, you know, I, I would say this, Don. <clears throat> I would have went to kill two birds with one stone. You know, I was thinking about a Walt Disney there you, trip. There right? you go with the birds again. <laughs> I'm sorry. Everybody Man. thinks see now everybody think I'm just a bird a bird killer or something like <laughs> You're that. A bird I, don't, I don't I don't I don't you know You're not anti bird. I don't participate. No, I'm not anti bird. I don't participate. I just I just happen to watch. You know, that was that was it. But listen, I, you know, I Stein, you know, I was thinking about like, okay, G League showcases in Orlando this year. I can take the family. We we can go to Walt Disney World, and then we can, uh, you know, I can do that. So you know, everybody be happy because I've been traveling a lot, right? And it was, you know, it's the worst part to travel a lot during the holiday season. So I'm like, okay, well that way they can be satisfied. I, you know, nobody be mad at me at the house. But then I realized, Stein, I don't work at ESPN anymore. I don't have those family discounts, and I'm so that 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 is going to you know Walt Disney World that'd be a pretty penny for my family of six. So you know what, Stein, I'll pass. I'll skip this year's G League showcase. It it, it wasn't meant to be. All right. Well, I'll, I will try to hold it down for you. There's even a there's even a Heat Magic game in the middle of all that that I'm going to get to go to, and I God I haven't been to a Magic game. I can't even remember the last time. I was at a magic game in Orlando. So, uh, and you know, all I'll say is that again, I, I don't want to jinx it, but we are efforting a special guest from the Orlando magic on this podcast very, very soon. That's all I'll mm. say. I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident that's going to happen, but I think mm. where we're going to leave it tonight slash today, the coolest thing I saw to see Bronny James make his college debut was very moving. I've made this comment before. I can't help it. I'm such a sentimental sap that, you know, even though LeBron is having this absolute turn back the clock season, you know, Saturday, the night he wins MVP in the in-season tournament was exactly three weeks away from his 39th birthday. So, I mean, what he's doing on the court is ridiculous, but LeBron James, the dad is pretty much my favorite LeBron at this point. I love watching how into his kids' lives and careers he is. And obviously with the just terrible health situation that Bronny endured just a few months ago and to be able to come back so quickly and make his college debut tonight was, uh, well, I mean, look, LeBron, LeBron put, LeBron posted this and, you know, you can, you can totally get, why he felt this way quote 
Can't even tell y'all how emotional today was for me. I'm literally drained. And all I can say is, Bronny, you're simply incredible. Damn the wins and losses that will occur. You've already won the ultimate goal championship, and that's life. Proud of you, kid. And today you've given me more life. Thank you, and I love you. And yeah, it was uh, it was it was a it was a pretty cool scene to watch. Now, most definitely, when you're thinking about just what Bronny has been through, what LeBron and his family have been through, you know, we didn't know if he would get to this point. That that's a scary. That was a scary health concern. You know, a lot of people don't get to come back and and play at a level like that. So, and especially that soon. So, you know, it was definitely a cool sighting seeing him out there. I saw his first, you know, college, you know, bucket transition three. That's cool. And, you know, Bron, man, he's, he's uh, you know, he, he's a proud dad. He, he wears it, you know, he, he's not shy of, He's not shy in showing that as well. So that, that's pretty cool to see. So I wish Bronny nothing but the best, man. I've seen those kids since they were, man, under 10. So I think I started covering LeBron 2014. So, yeah, about 10 years ago. So, yeah, they were both under they were both under 10 when I first met them. I remember when Bronny was born, I was at Cavs camp. And I remember LeBron – was being pressed for questions because everyone knew he was about to become a father, but he, at that point he really didn't want to say too much publicly. And I remember at a, in a media scrum, he was asked about Bronny and what are you going to name him? And he said, Brian Winhurst James. <laughs> and so for, so for years, I used to call Win. I used to call Windy Brian Winhurst James. That I remember. B- BWJ. That I remember. BWJ. Hey, dad, sports dad, best job in the world, no doubt about it. All right, everyone, that is going to do it for this edition of this league uncut. As always, if you can indulge us, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. If you already haven't. As stated, we are working on a special guest from the Orlando Magic. That will hopefully happen very soon. Chris and I will indeed be together at the same game, Lakers at Dallas on TNT on Tuesday night. Where that leads this podcast next, I cannot tell you. I'm not sure yet. We'll have to see. We'll have to see what the recording schedule is after our special interview but we're off to a good start this week and we'll have more soon and we'll be back with you again soon everyone take it easy thanks for listening and that'll do it for us see you next time this league uncut is an iheart radio production boom shakalaka chris haynes and mark stein
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.